<laughs> oh, it's, it's a lullaby now, is it? Okay. It I, is. It worked for me. I am. Are you tired? Why, why are you uh, next, tired? It's like, it's what, what could possibly, what could possibly be going on in the world right now that's draining so much energy from all of us? I don't, well, I don't, we've been I in think everyone's just being dramatic. Years, easily, <laughs> easily 30 years of quarantine. And now a we've thousand. had this election for 10 years. I know, uh, the longest election I in election not, history. I am not sleeping well. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's like I go, I, to, I go to bed late waiting for something to flip or whatever, and then I wake up at five or six like, what happened? What happened? And inside my head, I know I should put the phone down and continue to sleep, but that is not what happens. And uh, I'm so I, tired. I, ha- I feel all that in addition to having to adjust <laughs> to a new time zone. Now that we're mm-hmm. here in LA. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so it's like a two hour difference. And so Brandon has to get up much earlier here for his job, which is still Dallas based. And so we get up yeah. at like seven in the morning, which I know to you is normal, but to me, seven in the morning, right. I haven't seen seven in the morning since I stayed up that late. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty usual it's, for me. It's weird. So I have to like get up and and do things like it's kind of crazy. No, I'll I'll, tell you one of the things I like about your new place and this (laughs) setup. Because the first time we've actually recorded because we've had technical issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, and not that those are completely settled. We'll see how it works. But (laughs) what I like about your setup is where your booth is. I can see the dogs out the window. Yeah, you can see. You, you so can like see Gus is running by. Gus, yeah, and Genji's sitting there. Watch oh, yeah. Gus running by. No, I, I had I a session. That. I had a session yesterday, and the whole time I was here, they just like sat right outside, looking in the booth, like, "What the fuck are you doing in there? That's weird. Like, <laughs> why can't we be in there?" And like Gus will start yeah. being like that little. I can't hear him, but I can see his little lip uh-huh. quiver, like he's like. Because yeah. Brandon's office is upstairs, so I'm on this floor alone when I'm recording, because he'll go and work upstairs because we have a little three floor mm-hmm. townhome and the first floor is like bedroom and then second floor is, is kitchen and living area where we also have the living booth. areas yeah. living areas and then upstairs are more bedrooms and the office so it's it's a really cool setup and the dogs man the dogs love the stairs <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> genji's gonna lose so much weight it's gonna be great yeah yeah he's like a bowling ball once and he has to base because i have stairs as well uh, and so I have experienced your dogs on stairs. And my favorite thing is that Genji needs room. So he waits for like a clear path so he can just get started. <laughs> so he, he can just kind of, he can just trundle gets... <laughs> down the stairs. Yeah, there's no stopping. He's, yeah. He is the momentum of this dog. Once he starts like heading down a flight of stairs, it's hilarious. Now, Gus yeah. will take the stairs like two at a time. It's hilarious. He's like, da 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 he trots. And he also like, if you watch him from behind going down the stairs, his little ass swings back and forth like so pendulously, yeah. it's adorable. He's like, you can almost hear like the 1930s striptease music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you, bless you with your tiny little, little miss, little miss sneeze sneeze. Oh my God, so sorry. I was fighting it and it took over and I have no control. My allergies, you ugh. You can't see it. They're so but bad like, right now. Our Zoom connection is not the best today. And so like when you sneezed, it froze you in that, in that image of you sneezing and it was hilarious. New headshot idea. Anyway. Um, okay, good to know. <laughs> right. 
But anyway, right. the dogs are adorable. Thank you, thank you. They miss you. They miss you, and they miss their they miss, they miss their pack. They miss their pack. But you'll I miss just you have too, to. I guess you'll just have to come to LA. Hmm. I'm just. I mean, whatever. It's weird. It's weird. It's almost yeah, like life is, is strangely weird. better here. But I do love our neighborhood. <laughs> Everything is. It's really. <laughs> Don't get me good. wrong. I'll always be a Texas boy, but I like living somewhere but else. But at least your vote matters now. Uh, so, do we want to start our stories? Yeah. Do we want to get into it? Let's start hope, our stories. I hope everybody had a great Halloween. We've yeah, had a little or at bit least of a, a break. at least a decent Halloween. I doubt anyone had a great Halloween because this 2020s Halloween was yeah. always going to suck. Let's be real. But I hope but everyone at least we had a good time talking to everybody. That was really we fun. did, we did. And then I we uh, we got together with some friends here in the neighborhood, um, you know, who were safe and quarantined, and so we we watched. Um, we got together, had a nice meal, and watched Death Becomes Her. With our buddies here, which is because not everyone in the group nice. can like watch really scary movies. Just I'm like, Jesus, just stay mm-hmm. in bed on Halloween then. Uh, but but no, but that, yeah. they were like, let's pick one that's kind of fu- like it's got a nice eerie energy, but like everyone can watch even if they don't like horror films. So Death Becomes Her, which is a classic Meryl Streep, Goldie yeah. Hawn, Bruce Willis playing a wimp, which is hilarious. I wish he did that more. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yes. So uh, let's start, shall we? Uh, let, let's do it. Let's Our do first... it. And we are, and I'll say this one more thing before we start. Yeah. We were very close to calling it because we are so tired, but we also knew that there are probably listeners out there that needed a little distraction. And so we are here for you guys because we love you. Yes. We <laughs> yes. do love you. Okay. And this is this is for you. <laughs> yeah. Because we had our druthers, we'd have just stayed in you. bed today. So, mm-hmm. but we must Tied. do our civic duty. Uh, (laughs) So here we are. We're here to scare you with something that's more reasonable. Um, Yeah. Now, the first submission uh, comes from Samantha. And this is a response to a question I raised in one of our last episodes. Uh, Samantha says, hello, Jamie and Michael. This isn't a ghost story, but some information on gypsum, since Michael brought it up during your last episode. Assuming you get to do a Ghosticles episode before Halloween. Oops. Oh, well. Um, (laughs) It works still. You know what? Gypsum is ageless. It's, so. yeah, apparently. Timeless, um, either way. <laughs> Feel free to read my earlier email with a ghost story and answer. Skipping ahead to gypsum is a type of rock salt <laughs> that can easily be scratched with a fingernail. Uh, it's got a, it's a two on Mohs hardness scale. I love that uh. there's something in the world called Mohs hardness scale. It's spelled yeah. M-O-H hardness scale like Moe's but like in my mind when I hear it I think Moe's from the Three Stooges and I'm like oh the Moe's hardness Um, scale so like oh that slap was definitely a five on Moe's hardness scale Um, right. and, and gypsum is relatively light, to continue. It is commonly mm. used as plaster of Paris. There are three varieties. Alabaster, which is white, fine-grained. Uh, sil- uh, selenite, translucent to opaque, sometimes with fibrous texture. And swallowtail, twinning crystals. That's a that's a mouthful. That's, Swallowtail. That is a band. That is a band. Ah, Absolutely. Right. Swallowtail <laughs> twinning crystals. They're a cover they're a cover band for counting crows. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, acid is one of their favorite things. I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. if you're gonna rock and roll, it might as well rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rock. It's a pun. Gypsum. Woo. <laughs> um, 
It can form as rose gypsum or uh, satin spar crystals, two different, very different things, apparently. Okay. Uh, I believe the gypsum Science. usually forms from areas similar to the Dead Sea. It's been since about 2012, since I last had a geology class, and all my reference material is back home as I'm currently in the field. Different hotel, different state from my ghost story. Uh, the theory behind this is that the sea was super saturated with salt, and that, uh, and that allowed gypsum to precipitate out. Normally, only uh, halite, table salt, does this in regular seawater. If I remember correctly, many Permian formations, red in color due to uh, hem, hem, hematite, hematite, thank you, gazutite, mm-hmm. um, uh, a water-soluble <laughs> iron mineral. I love how I just cannot sound smart while I'm saying this, like I really know it. Like if you the, do, you if sound smart was, no matter what you say. If this was bullshit, if this was ad copy and the specs were <laughs> relatable but intelligent, I don't think I'm hitting either one of those. Just don't um, read it announcery. That's the main thing. <laughs> uh, other red formations are <laughs> Pliocene in age, I think. Check out the Spearfish Formation, Permian of the Black Hills, and the Racetrack Native Story. I have found all three varieties in road in road cuts. There, uh, There is also a cave in New Mexico with the largest gypsum crystals on record. Several meters. Hope you enjoyed my little spiel. I will enjoy listening uh, for opportunities to share interesting tidbits on geology, paleontology, archaeology, and forensic anthropology. Stay safe, sane, and spooky. Sam. Sam, thank you. You stay incredibly knowledgeable. I love getting little tidbits of knowledge like that. Woo! Now we'll just be like, Sam, let us know. Sam, like between Sam and Carissa, we've got all the knowledge covered. I know. Um, I was so, by the way, I was so happy that Carissa actually found the show I was referencing. And it was, did you see that yeah. on Twitter? <laughs> she was like, I saw is that this she found the show? It, and I was like, oh my God, you're a fucking, like, you're a fucking magician. We knew it. Uh, we knew it. Oh God. Okay. So uh, let me go right into the next story, a submission from Eddie. Eddie says... I was a young 18-year-old deployed to Iraq in 2006. I was stationed to a Talil Air Base, Iraq. Inside the base premises, we had the Temple of Ziggurat, Abraham's house, a biblical Abraham, and a place called Building One. Uh, this place was a torture chamber where Saddam Hussein oversaw untold deaths. During one day on patrol, I was asked if I wanted to explore it. I said, sure, I like creepy places. As soon as we arrived, I felt off tense, on guard, right? I gripped my rifle a little tighter than I should. My team leader said, want to go in? I said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. Military polite. I like it. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I get it. Uh, I was told what happened to the place. During the Iraq invasion in 2003, a bunker buster missile went straight through the building, creating a hole in the ceiling and a crater where it exploded. As we're walking in, the stench of death was overwhelming. Some of the hallways were filled with a strange liquid, which I was quickly told not to step in, and it was worse than quicksand, as it was worse than quicksand. I tested this using a piece of rebar and watched it sink into a staircase. Oh. As we were reaching the main torture chamber, my whole body tensed up, and warning bells started going off in my head. But still, I pressed on. Once we reached the chamber, I saw how cavernous and looming it was, with a second-story balcony overseeing the main chamber, where Saddam used to preside over the tortures. Across from that, the crater, uh, across from that was where the crater where the missile hit. Uh, a small mound of dirt and rock with an American flag on it. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, I lost my place. Wait. Da, da, da. A small amount of dirt and rock with an American flag on it. Uh, we took turns taking pictures next to it. I quickly asked to leave, and once outside, I looked at my camera. I froze, not fully understanding what I was looking at. Around me, over 20 white little lights 
floating next to me. On my right shoulder, a light had a clear face staring at me, a look of anger in its face. I quickly showed my team leader the picture, and she said, what about it? We all have those in our pictures. By the way, no one was present inside. I never went back to that place and did not sleep for about five days afterwards. I will never forget that smell for as long as I live. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. God, I was just watching. So then here's some research for Sam and uh, Carissa. What is that material that would have absorbed yeah, what is, like, what is quicksand? That, what is that quicksand-like stuff? Right. Huh. Huh. It's, it's huh. aliens, isn't it? It's aliens. It's, it's aliens. aliens. It's ectoplasm. <laughs> it's yeah, it's that's what it is. it's gin juice, like not gin, yeah. like what I drink, but like gin. You know, yeah. Don't genie. sip on that. Don't, yeah, don't. <laughs> then think about your mo- your money. Get your money on your mind and your mind on. Your, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <sighs> this is great. You, this is you, fine. You, this is fine. We need this. I'm not we at need all this. delirious. <laughs> we need this. We're connecting. I'm just trying to stay off my phone. I'm just trying to stay off my phone, and I'm also trying to stop shouting, Nevada, can you count a little, just a little fucking quicker, please? (laughs) Jack has a friend in Las Vegas, and he texted her, and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And she was like, nothing, and he's like, can you go help count? I someone I saw someone tweet online and like, yeah, Nevada public schools suck. You're gonna have to give us some time. And I was like, well, then explain how Florida got done so goddamn fast. Right. They started early. <laughs> they got to, they learned from 2000. I saw another yes. comment that was like, Nevada, oh, this must they be had what it wait. was like for Yeah. Um this must they be had to, they had to like wait till like two in the afternoon till they all get up. Yeah, that's well, that's not you're not wrong there. Um, but somebody posted this must be it have been what it was like for our parents in two thousand with uh Bush and Gore and I was like, Our oh, parents yeah. oh, shit <laughs> I was old enough to vote back then. I had a dog in that I fight. I remember. <laughs> oh man. So crazy. Oh uh, my god. I mean, this is like that uh, maybe this will be that, I'm not gonna know, look at my phone. I'm not that, gonna look at my experience. phone. I'm not gonna look what? at my phone. I'm not no, going to look at my phone. I'm just, I'm just Don't do it. not going to look at my phone. All right. I can't keep my, I mean, we, I have like, you know, news on and then <laughs> I have, you know, I'm following <laughs> certain people on Twitter who are updating. Yeah. I'm not making it easy on myself, but you no, know, I, I might just, as well dive I'm watching, in. I'm watching true crime documentaries and reading and then every now and again, checking my phone. Meanwhile, Brandon's brother, Jonathan, who just flew back to Dallas a couple days ago has been like keeping us all apprised of what's going on. And he'll just yeah. send us gifts and little notes like Georgia on my mind. And it's like, yes, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, You know what? On the what I have successfully done is I got my office organized. Finally, (laughs) I got it all, everything cleared out, and everything you know, the desks up, and I, you know, all of it's working nicely. So I have a nice place to chill while Jack's working. So that's nice. That's not like my bedroom, right? Because then I'm just gonna go to sleep. But I can be productive (laughs) in here. While Jack is making phone calls or doing whatever he's doing downstairs when he's working. So nice. I feel good about that. Success. I did Yay. that. Nice. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> so yes. next up we have Rosa. Uh, oh, Feliz Dia yes. de los Muertos, Jamie and Michael. <gasps> Thank you. Jaime and Miguel. 
Um, <laughs> well belated, well belated Dia de los Muertos. I was cleaning up my altar today, and I thought I should send you guys some happy-ish ghost stories to commemorate the holiday. I hope you enjoy them. So this first one happened to me. Before meeting my stepdad, my mom had been dating someone for about a year, but sadly that came to an end when he passed away as a result of an accident at work. Aww. I was really young when all of this happened, so some memories stand out more than others. At the time, my mother and I lived with my grandma and uncles, and I shared a bed with my mom. However, my grandma had me sleep in her bed instead to give my mom some alone time because she would often cry during the whole night. It was quite a shock to me when I woke up one morning and found my mom gone. My grandma explained that my mom had gone to Mexico because she had something to take care of. At first, I had no idea what she was talking about. But after a while, I realized she meant that my mom had gone to his funeral. During the week she was gone, I continued to sleep in the same bed as my grandma, and she would always leave the closet light on so that I wouldn't be afraid. Towards the end of the week, I woke up during the middle of the night unable to move. My grandma was beside me, and I could see that my uncles were in their beds, and I just couldn't move. At first, I was like, what the fuck is happening, right? After a couple of moments of trying to move, I finally gave up and just decided to go back to sleep. As I was about to go to sleep, I could feel someone call out my name. Yeah, I know that sounds weird, but have you ever been in public um, and you can feel that someone is trying to get your attention? It was that sort of feeling. I still Mm. couldn't move, but this time I couldn't open my eyes fully anymore. I could only just see through my eyelashes, sort of like when you're faking being asleep so your parents will leave your room. Again, (laughs) I felt someone trying to get my attention, and my eyes were drawn to the closet. I saw someone standing in the doorway. I know that my vision wasn't the best at the moment, but I could see the clear shape of someone standing in the doorway of my grandmother's closet, just standing there and staring at me. Looking back, if that were to happen now, I would totally shit my pants or something. But for some (laughs) reason that night, I wasn't afraid. I could feel them saying goodbye. I blinked, and then they were gone. Immediately, I could feel my body moving again and sat up. Nothing was different. My grandma and uncles were still asleep, and no one was in the closet. I remember crying and my grandma waking up because she heard me. She asked me what was wrong, and I just told her I missed my mom. I think that it was my mom's boyfriend coming to visit me one last time since I never got to say goodbye. Uh, I will say on this one, and it continues. There's more to this one, but real quick, I want to take a little a little chat break. It is a classic kind of... Um, uh, sleep paralysis thing. Mm-hmm. This that that yeah. whole yeah. situation is very very it it you know checks all the boxes of sleep paralysis. Yeah. <clears throat> the only thing, um, and yes, you, you Rosa, you were under stress, right? There's a lot of stress there with mom being gone and losing losing the boyfriend. But being so young, I don't. I haven't heard of sleep paralysis happening in someone so young before, and so that is kind of something that makes me kind of maybe uncheck a box a little bit and be like, maybe this isn't just sleep paralysis, you know? Maybe, maybe. But but take comfort, take comfort that it probably was at least mostly sleep paralysis. That's right. (laughs) That if there was something supernatural going on as well, it was just maybe taking advantage of something biological that was already going on. So maybe. That's just my opinion, my opinion. But I also know there's more to the story. So pray continue. The second one happened to my cousins. I grew up with my great-grandfather being a part of my life. I didn't have a grandpa growing up, so to this day I referred to my great-grandpa as just grandpa. My family doesn't believe in retirement homes, so he lived with us for many years before grandmother and her sisters decided it was time he returned to Mexico. That is fun for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know what. It's time to go back to Mexico. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I, it's just, uh, since my grandma worked at a janitor in RISD, I wonder if that's Richardson's school district, because that's right near, that's in Dallas, so, or Richardson. Uh, yeah, Dallas, it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. Um, at the time, she would often visit Mexico whenever school had vacations, and I always got to tag along. I guess there was, you know, family, of course, in Mexico. <laughs> so I just like, time to go back to Mexico. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, <laughs> one summer, some relatives from another part of Mexico decided to visit as well since they knew they were there and since we hadn't all hadn't visited my great-grandma and great-aunt's grave in some time. So we all decided to head over to clean her grave and have lunch over there. Now, I know to some people that may sound macabre, but it's not to us. Um, actually, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, that was pretty common in the United States as well because you didn't have somebody taking care of the, the graveyards. So yeah. you took care of Yeah, and it still, go, it still goes on now um, in smaller communities where, like, you know, a cemetery may mm-hmm. not be staffed. It's like your know, families go and clean the graves all the time. My mother uh, mm-hmm. still does it even, the, even though the cemetery where her parents are buried, where my grandparents are buried, um, is well-staffed. She still goes and cleans yeah. it up and changes out the flowers and everything. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, I don't think there's anything weird about that at all. In fact, I think it's no. weird if people no. don't take the time to do that. Personally, yeah, like especially if especially if you live if you, in Oklahoma, yeah, that's a lot you, of time to take. You know, if you live close to where they're buried, then then it's yeah. weird if you don't. But if you know if they're like another state away, then I get it. Yeah, right. Um, graveyards in Mexico are just different. They're not like a flat piece of land necessarily. The closest I've seen here in America are the graveyards in New Orleans. The tombstones tend to be actual structures. Many of them are even painted in different vibrant colors, and some of them come with a glass case that you can place pictures and mementos of the deceased in. That's basically what my grandmother and her sisters were cleaning out when we visited that day, making sure the photos were in good shape, clearing out the spider webs, and cleaning the glass. Once everything was cleaned, we brought out the food, and the adults started reminiscing and telling stories about my great-grandma and great-aunts and what they were like when they were still around. Which is cool. Like, that's what you want, right? To, to, you know, remember, right? Yeah. Uh, My grandpa died about a year after this. And since he passed during the school year, I was not able to go to his funeral. A couple of years passed before I was able to visit Mexico again. And when I finally got the chance, my cousins and I started talking about the day of his funeral. Two of my cousins didn't get to go and instead stayed home taking care of our, uh, our younger family members and making sure the food was ready when everyone came home. During the afternoon, all the kids were asleep and the food was ready, so they sat down and started praying. At one point in his life, my grandpa had to have one of his legs removed, so he used a wheelchair, which Mm. no one had the chance to put away up to that point. In the silence of the afternoon, my cousins heard the familiar noise of the wheelchair moving, and when they turned to scold whoever was playing with it, they were met with an empty living room and the chair slowly rolling their way before stopping. Not when the rest sleep of our paralysis. Family got home, not sleep. That's not sleep paralysis. <laughs> when the rest of our family got home, they told their mom, and she replied that the chair rolled during the time they were lowering my grandpa's casket. My cousins think it was him coming to tell them goodbye one last time, even scaring them as a little prank. My mom says that on this day, uh, the, on the day of his funeral, she could smell gardenias throughout our apartment. Gardenias it turns out, were my great-grandma's favorite flower. Aww. She thinks it was her grandma's way of saying, we know you can't be here, but we love you. 
Aww. I've always wanted to go to Mexico during the Day of the Dead. I hope that at some point in the future, mother, my mother and I get the chance to visit their graves and celebrate them the way they deserve. I remember when the movie Coco came out, I was out of state and decided to watch it with some friends. I was a wreck. To be fair, I was also a wreck. <laughs> when I came I back I haven't seen home, it yet. I'm ashamed out, to admit I have oh not God, seen it yet. Oh, God, it's so good. Uh, I watched it. I cried. I watched it with the girls. All three mm. of us cried. Jack mm. laughed at us, but he also kind of cried, too. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but he, he kind of cried, too. Uh, when I came back home, I found out that Firewheel— Yes, okay, Dallas. <laughs> Firewheel's the mall. Um, and there's a, a, a movie theater up there. So I found out that Firewheel was showing us— uh, showing it in Spanish, so I made it my mission to get my family to go. When we finally saw it together, I remember thinking, God, if they don't cry, they're going to fucking roast me for being a little bitch. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> by the end, everyone was crying, so I was saved. Ha <laughs> ha. Day of the Dead is such a beautiful holiday. I'm it happy is. that more people are getting a chance to see how amazing it is. I feel like that's why my family is so meh about ghosts. It's like, obviously they're real, just don't be about chasing them and bringing one home. As if right? there isn't already one home with us. <laughs> P.S. I might send you guys an email about the Mexican superstitions y'all mentioned. Tell you a little more detail from an insider perspective. Ooh, yes, nice. That, oh, thank I you, Rosa. It. Great story. I love it. Oh, the Day yeah, of the Dead is happy a beautiful, Dia de los Muertos beautiful time. related to everybody as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the tradition. I first learned about it, of course, uh, in school in Spanish class in junior high, and I became obsessed with it. I was like, this is such a cool, neat way to celebrate, you know, uh, the memories of, of deceased loved ones. And I just thought it was so cool. And, you know, I, yeah, yeah I, I, it, was, it just totally flipped my idea of, of how we treat death on its head. Because I, at the time, you know, yeah. I come from a very Protestant, very um, white, middle-class Protestant upbringing where the dead, you know, we respect them, but it's, you know, we it's graveyards are gloomy, you know, the the, the dead are, are right. best. You don't have a relationship with them anymore. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're just kind of waiting to see them again in the afterlife, I guess, but we don't really, you know, it's weird. It's weird. So, uh, so I, you have I love to the watch idea. Coco. I need to. I, you know what? I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to, that's you what I'm going to do. I was thinking about a movie to and watch tonight. And let me know. And that's Please text me while you're I will take pictures it. of myself crying because if you so if you good. cry, I know I'm going to cry. I cry at animated yeah. movies more than I cry at any other kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, and the music is so good. Oh, it's so yeah. There's, it, it looks uh, absolutely beautiful, and that that makes me want to get it. But I just I forget things. I I forget that I want to see something, and so until it comes up again, I don't. I you know I just don't think about it. So I'm glad it yeah. came up. I am writing it down on my phone. Or I'm texting Write it to it myself. Right now, so I'll remember. Because I know Brandon will really like it, too. I have a feeling. It's Patreon commercial time. It's Patreon commercial time. Uh, hi. Hi. It's hi. time for us to talk about our Patreon. So yes. for uh, those who have been wondering, we do have a Patreon. Um, we have a really, really wonderful community on there. We have lots of different tiers for donations that get different things. For example... Um, if you are on, I believe, the eight tier and up, you are a member of the mm -hmm. Discord. You can go in there and chat with people about all different mm -hmm. kinds of things. Huh? We also have, um, you know, like, for example, the Halloween, we had major discounts for people who were on our uh, our patron members. Like so our Phantasm tier got 50% off of some of the merch that we were, or the, the voiceover stuff that we were offering. So uh, keep keep that in mind, too. But we also really, really love your support financially. Uh, the Patreon helps us keep this thing uh, afloat, <laughs> including 
paying Matt Grounds, um, our wonderful engineer. Without him, we would not have a podcast. So true. That is just fact. We love you, Matt. We love you, Matt. Uh, so thank you guys for your support. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, um, if you haven't uh, joined yet, we would like you to consider it. We really do appreciate all the help that we get there. And for those who are listeners and just supporting us through listening as well, we adore you all. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for your support. Please join the Patreon if you can. Yes, Anything yes. else, Michael? Uh, that's it. Uh, thank you. We love you. And please join and support so that this is the only commercial you have to hear. That's right. All right. Yay, yay patrons. I don't know how to end it. <laughs> yay, patrons. <laughs> there it is. Patreon. Woohoo! Oh, patreon.com, Google Intentions. There you go. That's the end. Bye. All right. Our oh, final so submission yeah, for the day. It. I'm surprised he hasn't seen it either. He may have. Covers of it. It'll be great. Oh, my God. Right. He's going to love it. Okay. Our final okay. story. Sorry. Final submission comes yes. from Ella. Uh, hi, I'm Ella. Hi, Ella. <laughs> hi, Ella. I'm a new listener, but I am already in love with this podcast. Oh, yay. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Uh, this isn't a supernatural story, but I was reminded of it when I heard you tell the tale of the spider-infested tree in Ghosticles 82. When I was less than four years old... Um, uh, I was less than four years old at the time, so everything I know about this story I've heard from my dad. Uh, at the time, we lived in Wichita, Kansas, in a house with me, my younger brother, my mom, my dad, and two greyhounds. Over the span of a couple of weeks, my parents had started noticing dead spiders around the house. Um, against exterior walls, behind the projector screen, in the media room, even in empty laundry bins where they'd fallen in and hadn't been able to escape. This isn't entirely unusual in Kansas, as when the temperature drops each year, you will usually find a couple of spiders trying to take refuge from the cold, but... My parents had never seen it happen in this amount. Concerned, my dad took one of the dead spiders and put it in a clear container. This was before the internet, of course, so my dad decided to take the dead spider to the local zoo to see if he could find someone that could identify what type it was. Sure enough, someone was able to help him and identified it as a brown recluse. Ooh. Bad news, bad news. In case you yeah, are that's unfamiliar... What we call that's what we call fiddleback here. Fiddlebacks, fiddlebacks. fiddlebacks. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And they are dangerous. They look like they have little on their backs. They really do. And they're they're dangerous. Mm -hmm. They're fucking dangerous. They're they're I think they're more dangerous than black widows. Um I mean not yeah. that it's a contest. Well, they, they're both awful, but, oh. but they hide in things. They hide in shoes. They and do, they, they hide, hide in they, they're not yeah. web builders. And when they're they bite hiders. you, they're when they bite you, the effects take a while because it's that it's like yeah. the, the skin necrotizes. It's fucked up. Right. If you, um, and also if you're close enough to see that that's a fiddle on its back, it's too close. Yeah, you're too close, unless it's dead. Um, yeah. In case you are unfamiliar, and we're not, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead we're and read not. the story. <laughs> Brown recluse spiders get their name because they are incredibly shy, which explains why my parents hadn't yet seen any alive in our house. But that's not all. Brown recluse spiders are known for their distinctive bite. They have a necrotic venom which can cause the skin around the bite to essentially die, taking months to heal and leaving deep scars. This is obviously mm -hmm. concerning in a house with two small children and two dogs, so my dad immediately started planning how to get them out. In typical dad fashion, my dad decided that he was going to try and fix the problem himself before looking into a more professional removal option. First step, finding the spiders. My dad searched the whole house, starting from uh, the bottom and working his way up. He checked behind furniture, in storage boxes, anywhere he could think of that spiders would hide, but didn't have any luck. That is, until he went up into the attic. 
Hashtag fucking attic. While he didn't see any live spiders, the number of spider carcasses was noticeably higher. We later found out that this was because we had a wood shingled roof that spiders were apparently fond of, something to think about for anyone house hunting. Step two, Mm -hmm. figure out a way to get them out. I don't remember what the occasion was, but we had a week-long trip out of town plan. This worked out perfectly, as the way my dad wanted to remove the spiders was with a bug bomb, which would let out a gas that would kill all of the spiders that were exposed to it. Oh, I remember those days. Yep, that's what we did. I remember bug bombs. We had to do it twice a summer at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Same in my in my grandparents' uh, little getaway house. Yeah. Uh, in the country, you have to. <laughs> the day we were to leave for our trip, my dad helped my mom pack me, my brother, and our dogs into the car with our suitcases, then went back into the house to set the bombs off. The recommended bo- bug bomb dosage is one per room, but my dad wanted this over with in one go. He went up in the attic, held his breath, and released three bug bombs into our attic, rushed down the ladder, folded it back into the ceiling, locked the front door, and was in the car driving away within minutes. I love it. <laughs> it's like, fire in the hole! I wonder... Um, <laughs> I guess he didn't do any bug bombs anywhere else. So because that's a whole process. Like we had to cover up all of our dishes. So we'd put a load in the dishwasher and close that. And like you had to seal it up because it would get on everything. Maybe but well, it, I guess it, they, it's, they maybe, just moved. Maybe they just moved in. So maybe there wasn't anything in the attic yet. Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe. But I mean, it's one per room. But we'll keep reading and then let's see. I, right. then I have a theory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, When we returned, it seemed normal at first. Leaving for the entire week had given the house time enough to air out the gas from the bug bomb so there wasn't even the chemical smell that my parents were expecting. When my dad ventured into the attic, however, it was a different story. What greeted him was a one-inch thick layer of brown recluse spiders coating the entire attic floor, all laying upside down dead with their legs pointed toward the ceiling. That is is preferred. it, It is preferred, but just a... Just a quick note on nomenclature. Is it fair to call them brown recluses when there are so fucking many of them in the same place? Um, (laughs) They don't seem so reclusive to me. It sounds like they're having a fucking, yeah, yeah, they're they're having a rager. Um, Yeah. Regrettably, this is always where the story ends, so I have no clue how he cleaned all of them up. (laughs) They're still up there. Uh, But it must have happened eventually, as we moved out less than a year later. After living 10 years in Texas, five in Houston and five in Corpus Christi, we returned to Wichita in 2017 to a house uh, just a five-minute drive from our old neighborhood. Driving by, my parents pointed out our old house, which sometime in the past 10 years has had its roof replaced so that that it was no longer wood shingles. It may have been Mm. a design-based choice, but one of the following owners, uh, uh, by one of the following owners, but sometimes I wonder if we really got rid of all the spiders or just left before they could make another appearance. Maybe. Ooh. Thanks for reading. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for submitting, Ella. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the house, the attic, was a weird portal from which all brown recluses emerge. Maybe it was a gateway to hell. <laughs> that would be is what, what that I'm is. Especially like for people is. with arachnophobia. Because the whole thing, that just sounds like it's right out of the movie Arachnophobia. Only it's the attic and not the basement. Can you fucking imagine? I... I am, I'm not phobic of spiders. I don't particularly like them. I don't know that anyone that does. But Brandon is phobic of spiders. And if that had happened where we lived, we'd be moving the next day. No bug bombs, no exterminators. Yeah. He'd be like, fuck it, we're gone, we're going. It's We'd be like the family at the end of Poltergeist. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Two things. One, I think it's a little column A, a little column B with whether it was changed uh, or whether they got rid of it. It probably was changed because they needed to be changed after 10 years, right? Who knows how old that yeah. was when you moved in. 
and house owning a house is a real fucking nightmare when it comes to the roof. So oh, there's that. Yeah. But also, you would have had to keep doing bug bombs to keep them out. Yeah, yeah. If that was attracting that, them, like yeah. every mm-hmm. every season, usually spring and then fall, you'd have to do it again because they'd probably have kept coming in. Um, the trick is to let one say, bug go so it can tell the others. Right. <laughs> Don't go there, man. A it's a house of death. And when you get back, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say about doing the, if they had done one in the attic, I bet the the spiders would have crawled down to the rest of the house. Oh, well, so I mean, they, 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 they clearly were three. already because they were finding them yeah. dead all over the place. Right. Right. Ooh. So maybe if they were the ones that were staying in the attic, those three bug bombs at once, wiped them out fast enough before they could travel. But if it had just been one and they hadn't done any bug Mm. bombs in the rest of the house, those spiders would have just moved to where there weren't any bug bombs. Um, And so maybe I'm not not advocating doing three per room to make sure you get the room. I'm not saying that. But it makes me wonder if maybe that's stopped them. Also, bug bombs are so dangerous. Like just hire hire an exterminator to come in. Like just hire a professional to do it because they can do it cleaner and quicker. And bug bombs, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't I don't see a lot of bug bombs anymore because I think they were just there's a lot of health problems associated with the use of them. And Right. And it also has bomb in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bug. <laughs> two horrible things. So yeah. Horrible things. <laughs> oh man. Oh <sighs> God. I love that we're kind of becoming a spider story podcast as well. I mean, we'll it's, take them. It's creepy. They're, they're creepy. They're creepy. I love uh, any yeah. any kind of creepy story. Any kind of creepy story. You name it. Like true crime, stalking, yeah. spiders, elections. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, but keep sending. So we've had a few superstitions. So uh, send us your superstition stuff too, so that yes. we can add to it and and, yes, uh, yes, and yes. have a few of those at a time. But. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for sending in your stories. We love it. We will we uh, have a podcast this week. Yes. Um, and we have hope you guys have a great weekend and <laughs> breathe in, take deep breaths. We're going to uh, get through this. We're going to get, get through this. this. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through we it. We are. We're definitely going to get through it. We're going to get through it. We're already almost better? there. There's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's just so all go take a nap. And when we wake up, there'll be good news. That's right. Until then, stay safe. Stay sane. And remember, it's, it's okay, okay to sleep with the lights, with the lights on. <laughs> and stop checking your phone. Stop checking your phone.